Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. Happy August. (laughs) Hope hope that it's uh, going well for you. Hope you're staying safe and and healthy. And um, who knows if you're going back to school, if your kids are going back to school, if you're watching football, who knows what's happening right now, right? Today, I want to talk about ARFO, ARFO in the time of COVID. So let me kind of begin by telling you what ARFO is. ARFO stands for Always Ready for Opportunity. And this came about, this is a a phrase that I coined. I did some research, I think it was back in 2015 with a bunch of past clients. And I wanted to find out kind of what had worked for them, what didn't work for them in terms of their job search. Had they got a new job since they worked with me? And if so, what did they do? What did they attribute that to? And if they didn't, you know, what was going on there? And several of my clients in that process talked about the concept of getting their most recent job without really conducting a job search. So they never really go in and out of job search mode. They're always in job search mode. They're always ready for opportunity, ARFO. And they took the approach of, let me stay current with things. Let me stay current with my network. Let me keep my documents up to date. Let me do all the little things on a you know weekly basis to kind of maintain my marketability rather than kind of thinking of it as a switch that you turn off because you have a job and then now it's time to look for a job so I'm going to turn the switch on and I'm having to start kind of somewhat from scratch. And so I think that a couple things happen here. I think that first of all when you're open to those conversations certainly you're more willing to have them. So the recruiter calls you and you don't feel like, oh my God, I don't have a resume to send them or, oh my God, I haven't interviewed in you know however long or, oh my God, my LinkedIn profile's a mess. So you're willing to have those conversations. But I also have to believe that there's a, uh, forgive me for getting a little woo-woo, but I think there's this cosmic thing, right? Like, so the universe conspires in our favor. So conversely, If we are not putting that out there, we're not putting that willingness, that preparation, that openness out into the universe, those opportunities just don't come to us. I've seen it happen over and over again. I have to believe there's something to that. So I want to start this conversation by talking about a couple of reasons why ARFO is such a good idea. And the first one is the concept of maintenance versus repair. And I want to use a car analogy, as I often do my clients (laughs) laugh at me because I'm always, I I think I must have been a car salesman in a previous life because I'm always talking about car analogies. So, so what, one thing is I can keep my car maintained and kind of on an ongoing basis, you know, get the oil changed, keep it clean, vacuum it out, you know, take care, do the preventative maintenance kinds of things. Or I can have a car that I don't do anything to, I leave it alone. I, you know, I don't, get the oil changed. I just put gas in it. You know, people write on the back and say, you know, wash me kind of thing. It's more likely going to cost me more money in the long run to maintain the second car than it is the first one, because I've let it get to a point where it takes so much to get it back into working order. And I might get stranded on the side of the road. Now, the fact of the matter is I could get stranded on the side of the road either way, but I've increased the chances that this car is going to serve me and get me where I want to go by taking care of it, by maintaining it and not waiting until something needed needs to be repaired. 
So this, the next concept is bre being proactive saves time and money. I think my astute clients really realized that by taking the maintenance approach, they were recognizing that it would cost them less in the long run, right, to maintain, right? So they're putting some time into their network. They're, you know, updating their resume. They're keeping their LinkedIn profile updated. And then secondly, the possibility of getting stranded, which would be finding themselves out of a job. It's real, right? Especially right now, there are a lot of people out of work and they don't want to be left flat footed. They don't want to be left at square one if they get a pink slip or the company downsizes, the company closes its doors, whatever the case may be. They want to be ready. So there's the ARFO where I'm going along, things are great, I'm gainfully employed, my company, and it loves me, but I want to be open to those other opportunities, I want to have those conversations, because there could be something better, and then there's the RFO where I might be left out of work, there's a real possibility, especially right now, that I could get a pink slip, I was working with a client just yesterday, and he had been put on a 30-day furlough, so the company that he worked for they took roughly half of the workforce and furloughed them and half of them they terminated and this was back in June I think and he was one of the furloughed employees and he was told that his job was there for him and yet about two weeks so it was supposed to be a month-long furlough two weeks into the furlough they fired him and um, so he was left flat-footed. He didn't see it coming. He didn't expect it, didn't, hadn't updated his resume, hadn't updated his LinkedIn profile, didn't love to network, um, didn't have a very extensive network. So all those things, he's starting from square one. So whether you're, you know, going to just be open to opportunities as they may come along, think that you may be conducting an active job search down the road, or at least want to be, you know, be prepared for that possibility, ARFO can be a tremendous complement to your other job search strategies. And here's a couple of reasons why. So first of all, we're going to have a shorter startup phase. So if you've been going through ARFO, you've been doing the things and you get the pink slip. Today's Friday as I record this. Great day to give pink slips. So you get the pink slip. You are invited to not come to work on Monday. You get your weekend to mourn the loss of your job. I totally recommend that. But then Monday, you get to hit the ground running because your marketing materials are updated. Maybe you're going to tweak a little bit, but you're ready to go. You're not at the, see, there's the starting block of I'm ready to look for job. And then there's the starting block of I'm ready to start the things to get me ready to look for a job. And there's a big gap in between those two. So your startup phase is going to be much shorter if you have been engaging in ARFO. Number two, you have part of ARFO is keeping your skills and your education and your certifications current, right? So you're you're recognizing that, you know, to move up into the next phase of my career, I needed a master's degree, so I got it. Or I needed this specialized or advanced certification, so I got it. I needed to develop my skill in X, so I got it. So you have maximized your marketability because you did those things. You're much more attractive to potential employers because, again, part of ARFO is... What are the skills that I need for this next level of my career? What is the education, certifications, those kind of things? And then finally, you can get in touch to re with recruiters who have reached out to you. So because you had those conversations, those ARFO conversations with recruiters who you maybe wasn't the right fit, you didn't go with them, but you kept those doors open, you were willing to have the conversations. Maybe you were able to refer someone to them who was a great fit for the job then you're going to be a welcomed 
phone call back to those recruiters when you are in need. They're going to want to help you because you helped them. So let's talk about five strategies for practicing ARFO. And again, ARFO stands for always ready for opportunity. Number one, I want you to keep a folder, and this can be an electronic folder, a paper folder. In some cases, you may need both, depending on you know how you're getting like performance reviews from your employer and, and those kinds of things. So that you can kind of centralize your accomplishments, your performance evaluations, commendations, metrics. That's all going to be super helpful when you update your, your marketing documents. And to that point, um, let's talk about this updating of, of resume, LinkedIn profile. So I have some wildly different kind of client approaches to this. So I'm, I just got a, a client that I have not worked with in six years who came back to me. In fact, I've had a couple like that. And so we're having to do a pretty massive overhaul of everything because if they've added onto their resume, it's, it now looks like one of those houses where you can tell, oh, <laughs> the, the homeowners, you know, closed in the garage and now it's the fourth bedroom and it, do, it looks exactly like that. So it's kind of confusing. Like you, you can tell where the expert resume wrote and then where the, the person who, you know, is the resume is about started to, you know, kind of fill in the blanks. Um, so, so I've got people at that end of the spectrum. I also have people who touch base with me once a year or even more often they've gotten the new job and they want to at least get it kind of formatted onto their resume, or they want, you know, to have that put on their LinkedIn profile, or they have some major achievement or something and they want to get that included. Um, I kind of think that the more frequent version is the way to go and not because they're bringing me money more frequently because it's very small amounts of money when they're coming to me like that. I had a client who I worked with last year, updated everything, and then he got a new job. He reached out to me a few weeks ago and just wanted to put his new job on his LinkedIn profile and he was going to upload it. So it was super down and dirty. And I think it ended up costing him $57. <laughs> so it was such a minor expense as opposed to, you know, we haven't done this in five years. It's going to take a lot of your time, a lot of my time, and it's going to cost several hundred dollars. So the next thing in terms of your strategies for practicing RFO. So that first one was kind of keeping a folder of all the things. And I, and I, I keep coming back to this one. Another thing I think I mentioned the metrics. If you're in sales or you're in some metrics-driven field, so marketing, accounting, um, keep that information somewhere that you can access it. I run into so many clients who don't do that, and then when they go to update the resume and they've been terminated, they don't have access to it anymore. They can't get to it. So we have to you know, either kind of give a best guess or we can't use that met metric because we just don't have it. So number two, and I alluded to that with the first one, maintaining your resume and your LinkedIn profile with new positions, you know, you shift job responsibilities and accomplishments. This is important because also you can, not only can you show your resume at a moment's notice to a prospective employer or a recruiter, but also it keeps you from forgetting about things. So the folder is great until you go to update your resume and your LinkedIn profile. So that folder is that repository of all that information. But the more often that you are updating that resume and that LinkedIn profile, the, the less chance there is for you to forget about an accomplishment or forget about the impact of that accomplishment um, or, or those kinds of things. So that's number two to maintain your resume and LinkedIn profile. Number three, dedicate time to your networking efforts. I'll never forget when I was doing that research back in 2015 and I talked to one guy and he, I think he was an IT guy. 
And I remember him saying something along the lines of, you know, well, I networked to get this job and now I'm not, you know, now I don't have to do it. Now I don't have to do anything with LinkedIn. And I really cringed at that comment because it showed that he didn't understand this RFO concept. So there's, there's a couple of things here that I want to point out with the networking. Number one, networking isn't just about looking for a job. So it could be business opportunities, you know, customers, maybe they provide a service that you really need, that your company really needs. Maybe it's just a personal relationship that really sat, you know, is, is beneficial to both of you. I think of networking kind of two buckets and one bucket is the online and then the second bucket is kind of in-person and virtual. And right now with COVID, I don't know how much in-person you're able to do, but there is a fair amount of activity going on on Zoom. So you can you can go to events that are specifically networking events. So the Chamber of Commerce is doing an after-hours networking event. You can also go to other kinds of events. So a, a wine tasting event, or I'm seeing a lot of virtual wine tasting. I don't exactly know how that works, but you can go to those kind of virtual events that is, is for a special interest that you have that you share with these other attendees. And you can potentially network there as well. I always say as long as people aren't um, terribly drunk and, and it's not terribly loud, you can potentially network there. So you want to kind of create a system whereby you are regularly reaching out to maybe your LinkedIn connections. Maybe you set a goal of I'm going to have coffee with one person a week and co coffee, lunch, phone conversation, whatever it is. But keeping that as a priority, and it's, it's a challenge when you have so much on your plate that is of an urgent nature, right? But this is for you, and this is for your long-term career development. So um, forgive me for not remembering the quadrants exactly from the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think it's quadrant three that is non-urgent but important so that's that's where these things fall into and that's where that's kind of your sweet spot when it comes to being effective is working in that not i'm not in the putting out fires phase i'm doing the really important stuff and i would argue that networking falls into that category so that's number three setting aside regular time for your networking activity number four reviewing your qualifications annually so what are you missing so we talked about this a little while ago is there another level of, of a credential, a certification that you need to get? If you're in human resources and you've gotten the basic certification, which used to be the PHR, I think they've changed that nomenclature. So now then the SPHR, which was the special something, something in human resources, special professional, I don't know what it is, but the SPHR I think was the next level of that. So is there that kind of thing? Is there another belt in the, um, you know, in the, the manufacturing world that you need to get? Is there, is it time to get a master's degree? Is there time to get some sort of a, a certificate at a university? So uh, I think a great way to find that out, if you're not, if you don't already know, is to look at job descriptions for positions that are kind of the next level for you, right? So even if you're not job searching, what is it that the employers are looking for? And you want to look at enough jobs so that you're getting a, a fair amount of data. And if they're all saying we need this credential or this certificate, or we prefer that you have that, then there's your there's your marching orders. So that's number four, to review your qualifications at least once a year. And then number five, 
this one's so obvious, I really hate to mention it, but it's such an important one. You have to do a great job where you're at. If you developed a reputation as being a spotty performer, kind of hit or miss, those recruiter calls are not going to come. Or if they do come, they won't result in the job that you want. So you, no matter what's going on at work, there is no excuse there is no excuse for you not to perform at the highest level at work. Just hands down, you deal with whatever the limitations are. So if your budget has been slashed, it, the attitude can either be, well, I can't do the job with this budget, or the attitude can be, okay, now here's the reality. How am I going to be successful with this budget? How am I going to be successful within these parameters? How will I be successful with this new boss or this new team? And it, it puts you in a position of power as opposed to kind of, I'm a victim of this circumstance. I have no choice. I will fail. That is a, that is a guarantee that you will fail, not because of the circumstance, because of, but because of how you're thinking about that circumstance. So do a great job today and every day and don't leave your current employer until you leave your current employer. <laughs> what I mean by that is, it's so easy to so easy to mentally check out before you physically check out and that does not serve you because then your kind of reputation starts to take a nosedive before you've left it doesn't stay up at that high level so guarantee kind of honor yourself that you're going to give 100% until the you know 5 o'clock on the last day of your employment i want to take a moment to talk specifically about how this relates to 2020. So all this RFO concept that I've given you so far is kind of universal. I've I've talked about it before on the podcast. I've written blogs about this. I've talked to my clients about this. So I wanted to kind of give you five points that I think make sense specifically in 2020. And number one, if you are currently employed and there's no looming, you know, layoff in your horizon, you still get to look for a job. I'm hearing from a fair number of my clients who are saying, yeah, I was thinking about looking for a job or I was job searching when COVID hit, but now I don't think I can because there's not as many opportunities out there or I'm taking a job away. There's so many people who need a job. And I want you to think about the fallacy of that, right? First of all, employers are looking for the best candidate regardless of empl current employment status. So they want the best. And if you are the best, then you owe it to yourself and owe it to them to put your you know, hat in the ring. Second of all, the thought that there's this somehow this you know pie of available jobs and you're going to take a piece of it, leaving someone longer, leaving someone unemployed for longer. Guess what? your old job then becomes available and that's the job that the that the unemployed people will be looking for so there's a, still a net net there's a net zero consequence here right there's this there's always going to still be one job available so don't think that way so if you're ready to look for a job and it makes sense and we're going to talk about kind of whether it does make sense or not in a moment but if it does then go for it don't let the fact that there is huge unemployment numbers kind of dissuade you number two Remember that recruiters like to hire people who are employed, so you're still more desirable just by virtue of the fact that you have a job. So I don't want you thinking that employers in this recruiters, employers in this market are only looking at the unemployed because, you know, they can start work tomorrow kind of thing. They still want the best. They, they don't want, and I'm not saying that the unemployed people are marginal in any way, shape or form, 
What I am saying is that employers want the best candidate. And if they have to wait a couple of weeks while you work out a termination notice, um, a, a resignation, then they're going to be okay to do that. And if it's a company who doesn't think that way, you don't want to work for them. If they are only looking for somebody who can start tomorrow, that's not your company. Number three, networking has got to happen even in a pandemic, right? So you have to get creative with how you can do that. And I've kind of given you some ideas there. You know, is there, is, are there online networking events that you can, can join into? Can, are the, the groups and organizations that you already belong to, have they gone online with their meetings so that you can continue that? Who can you look up from your LinkedIn and say, hey, let's do a Zoom call so we can catch up with each other. Keep it going. Um, again, you don't want to let that go fallow and then try to bring it back up, you know, when you decide to job search. So if you're going to job search in 2020, or even if you're not, you just want to be ARFO, let's keep that network going. Number four, I want you to evaluate kind of everything that you have against the opportunity that is presented to you. So this is something you would do after you, it, well, let me talk about it in a couple phases. So I have a client who is in healthcare administration and he started a job search process. We updated his documents. He bought some coaching and we started this process before COVID hit when of course, you know, small healthcare facilities were decimated by COVID. And so he reached out to me and we scheduled a call and I was firmly prepared to, to push on him thinking that he was, because I knew that he was going to, um, postpone his job search. And I was fully prepared to push back on that. But then he talked to me about, he's very secure where he's at. They love him. He was able to get a lot of federal funding uh, for, because of COVID. And so financially the place is doing well, they love him. And he has decided that with all the uncertainty in healthcare, that it was not a good time for him to move. So he postponed his job search. The other scenario is you could be in the situation, you've gone through the job search, you've had an interview and a company has made you an offer. You want to look at that situation, do all the homework that you can about that company, particularly if it's publicly traded, get a sense of whether there's any security. As much as security is a thing in 2020, look at what is the security of my current position? What is the security of this position? What is the, what is the overall picture here? I just want you to make an informed decision. And then there's two steps that I, I say to decision-making process. Step one is you make the decision. Step two is you have your back about the decision. So you don't second guess yourself. You don't beat yourself up. You, you stand by your decision. You have your own back about that. So I just want you to look at the whole thing. I think a little bit more than maybe a lot more than usual. That's such an important step in this process is really looking at the big picture and deciding, does it make sense for me to take this particular position or does it make sense for me to look at all? And then finally, have those conversations with recruiters when they reach out to you. So even if it doesn't sound like a great opportunity, doesn't sound like a fit, you never know what might come from that. So maybe that position's not a good fit for you, but they have another one, or they know a recruiter at another company or within their company who's recruiting for something that would be a perfect fit for you. And that's only going to happen if you have made a great impression on, on with them. So listen to them, listen to what they have to say, have those conversations with them when they reach out to you, and that can pay you in spades. So that's what I have for you today on ARFO, always ready for opportunity in the time of COVID. Don't forget to check out the weekly webinars that I'm doing on Thursdays at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. 
this month of August, we are talking about the job search and each week is a different topic. So there's no repetition there. And you have an opportunity to get coached by me during those calls, ask me questions. Um, oftentimes I'm, I'm poking around in various sites like LinkedIn to show you how to do things. So they've been really great. And the people who have attended have loved them. So come on, come on. And as always, you can schedule a 45 minute call with me where we can talk about where you're at now, where you want to get to and how to get there. And I will tell you what it looks like to work with me one on one. Uh, if I think that we are a good fit for each other. So find me on the socials as always, uh, and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach. So be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.